Amen. Welcome. Teaching others also. It's Wednesday morning, February the 2nd, 2022. How about that? Here we are. We're going to go to Matthew 3 today. Continue our study on fishing for souls, fishing for men. Continuing on the idea of fishers. Fishers of souls. The fishers. We'll talk about the fishing and the fish as, as we go along. I want to go to Matthew 3 and make a few prefer, preface comments because one of the things that I see is we really want to learn to focus and learn from the Bible. You can't do that if you dissect the Bible. You can't do it. And here's the thing that concerns me is it's a tendency to dissect the Bible the longer people sit under preaching, the longer men preach and teach. And here's why. There's something in human nature that says, well, they've heard all this before. Well, of course they have. I, I hope that I'm not coming up with something you haven't heard before. You may not have heard it as much as other things. But there is no new thing under the sun. And if I was teaching something new, I'd be concerned, to be honest with you. And what I'm talking about is something I've learned from observing the old men of God, but also from reading the Bible, just reading it, not dissecting it, not uh, studying it in the sense of trying to pull it apart, but trying to read it. I would adjure everybody I know, and I'm going to close with this later, but I would really, really, really just do anything with my power to get you in the habit of reading the Gospels and the book of Acts. Just sit down and read them. Read 15 minutes a day. At some point in the day, in the evening, just read it. <coughs> Stick your little marker. I, I make ribbons from my Bible. Put a ribbon in there and each day just read another 15 minutes. 15 minutes. You waste 15 minutes. I waste 15 minutes all the time. 15 minutes a day is approximately 90 hours a year. So if you read your Bible an extra 90 hours a year, it's as easy as putting in 15 minutes per day. Now, here's why I say that is read the Gospels and the book of Acts. Have a highlighter and a little pen or pencil in hand. And here is why. And remember, you're trying to get the forest first, not the trees. Is what we're looking for is how does God do his work in the New Testament? Not, not in opposition to the Old Testament, but in light of what's happening. The Old Testament, the message was, God will put everything away one day, all the sins, all the stuff, bring a lamb, bring innocent blood from Genesis 3 when he shed the blood for Adam and Eve all the way through the Old Testament. It was always my faith, friend. So, well, they did a good work of bringing a lamb. If you think that slitting the throat of a little innocent lamb is a good work, you and I, we're not even near on the same page. And that's what's so important right now. And that's what's at stake. Because what's at stake is the understanding of what's going on in the New Testament. It's not this gigantic division of all these different ways of people coming to God. It's simple. There will be nobody in eternity that got there any other way but by the blood of Jesus Christ and those in the Old Testament had the blood of Christ applied to their account because they brought, they trusted God and brought the blood and claimed the blood of an innocent lamb. It's that simple. 
Now, everybody will be tried on their works of what sort they are in both Testaments. And 95, if not more, percent of Moses' writings, 95% of all the stuff they were asked to do was about fellowship and serving. If you ever get that straightened out, you'll still be a moderate dispensationalist. You'll still know your Bible. And, and if you ever get it straightened out, you won't care about all the other stuff and sit around and argue and try to... Some of y'all think that the only way to hold on to what you see the Bible say is if you can convince somebody else to hold on to it. I don't really care. Now, there are those who don't care what others think, and they come up with these crazy doctrines. That's not the attitude I'm talking about. I know it's simple what I'm saying. It's clear teaching. And so I settle that to say that when, we're, when you're thinking about being a fisher of souls, okay, let's go to Matthew 3 for a minute. Let's read the Gospels and read the book of Acts and get the big picture of how God deals with people. We all who know our Bible are constantly encouraging people to be a part of a local assembly. But if you think that going to a local assembly, any local assembly, is what it's about, then you haven't gotten the big picture. Because the great apostasy that's going on, that has been going on for 2,000 years in any given place, is successful because people think that it's the going to church that matters. Yes, find a local body of believers. But at the same time, if you're giving your approval, if you're giving your, uh, you might say, recommendation by your attendance, by your adherence, to something that has changed the Bible, to something that has uh, all this all this modern stuff about different kinds of worship and all the foolishness around the music, if you're doing that, there is a problem. And what that problem is, is that you're saying that it's more important to go there and be a part of something than it is to hold to the truth with other believers who hold to the truth. Now, there are some who are just so far out there the other way, you might say on the right side, on the whatever, that, that it's very hard to have fellowship with them because they cut the Bible up without denying it or changing the verses. And we should constantly be wanting to be the kind of believer that can do what God wants when it comes to fishing for souls. Let's look at John the Baptist today for a couple minutes. Because, as I said, read the Gospels, read the book of Acts. So come to Matthew 3, the beginning of them. And let's talk about John the Baptist's ministry for a minute. You know, if you're not careful, you divide your Bible up so sharply that you miss what John's ministry was really about. And you get all this stuff about whether he was a, him being Elijah and all that stuff and Elijah and Moses in the, in the book of Revelation and it, that, is who, that is who the witnesses are. But you get so divided up that you miss the whole point. Let's read this thing for a minute. In those days, verse 1, came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I know there's a difference between the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, but do you know the similarities? Do you know how to apply where they overlap when it comes to the common sense of the Bible? Anybody, anybody, a lost person can do what I'm about to say. A lost person can say, kingdom of heaven is different than kingdom of God, da-da-da, and start pulling them out of con 
A lost person can do that because it's based on intellect. It's based on a simple programming of this phrase versus that phrase. You need to get this. You need to get this. Somebody within the sound of my voice, I would bet, needs to hear this. Because it's easy to interpret and cut your Bible up that way. It's simple. It's a matter of programming. It's not a matter of light. It's not a matter of discernment. It's a matter of programming. That when you see this word, you change it to that. We know that when they took 1 Corinthians 13 and took the word charity and made it say love, we know that they were programming people and getting them away from a really powerful teaching of practical living in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We know that. We know that when they took the word study to show thyself approved, study out, there was a purpose. See, we know these things as Bible-believing Christians, and so we must understand that we need to mark what things can be present, and they're just a matter of a mental assertion. Knowing that there is a difference in many passages between the two, anybody could do that. You could program a computer to do that. You could program, in fact, you could go do a Boolean search on Kingdom of Heaven, then do a Boolean search on Kingdom of God, and you could boom, 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 print those out, and there you go. You got you a lesson. And it didn't take any spiritual discernment on your part. You say, well, I read the old Bible. I sat under the old Bible teacher. I did. But I've also watched many a guy take what he said and just take it because he said it and run with it as if it was a great revelation. It's a revelation, but it's not a great one. And it was never meant to be the foundation of your Bible study. Dispensations are a good thing. We are, out of his own mouth, moderate dispensationalists, but many of you are not. All right, so I want to look at John the Baptist for a minute. If, if, if anybody is a great example of pointing men to Christ, this is one of the great examples. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Now there's other stuff. You know, he said, I am not he, etc. And I, I don't want, I'd like for you to read that chapter. But with a couple minutes I got left this morning, I want to say this about it. He was a voice. Someone says, well, he was a voice, so street preach. Amen, do that. He was a voice, so do this and that. Wait, he was a voice with a life that backed it up. He lived a simple life with focus. Now, you say, well, that means I need to get me a camel's hair, raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle. Well, <laughs> you have missed the point. You got focused on that, on two branches of the tree and missed the forest. The point was he was living a basic, simple life with focus on God. Now, whether you live on a farm, whether you live in a suburb, whether you live in a city, God's going to give you your own application of the idea. But he did. He lived, it says, locusts, wild honey, raiment of camel's hair, and a leather girdle, leather, leather belt, big wide belt. 
hold it all together. What do we learn from it? He's a voice with a life to back it up. I've heard hundreds of sermons. I've preached maybe a hundred myself on John the Baptist. He's an inspiration. There's many things. But I've also heard quite a few sermons where they literally dissected the passage and they came out with some stuff that God never intended everybody else to try to follow. And maybe it meant something to them personally, but they're missing the forest. The forest is we are to be a voice. We are to point people to Christ. And we may talk about him again tomorrow a little bit because he's able to point them to Jesus Christ when the Lord Jesus comes along. And the Lord Jesus Christ comes along in this passage and in a little while we we start seeing him getting disciples and stuff and john the baptist's main purpose was to prepare the way so as fishers of men fishers of souls one of god's purposes for us is to prepare the way for the gospel to sink in so it is always going to be a combination of your voice and your life now, you will never be able to satisfy a genuine critic when it comes to your life. I get that. You will never be able to satisfy the character called the accuser of the brethren, which we know is the old devil and Satan himself, the old serpent. You're never going to stop him. He's going to be just like all that's going on today in the world. But in your heart and mind, you and I can live the life that's a voice with a life to back it up. Because sometimes God's going to have you do some good deeds, okay? He's going to have you do good, just like he would, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. He's going to have us do good. Why is he going to do that? Because it's very important. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You see, it's so important for us to understand that God will take and use our voice coupled with our life. <laughs> it's not the honey and the locust and the camel hair coat. It's the basic, simple lifestyle. And it, you can live it in the city, out of the city, in the country. A lot of people think you can only live it one place. But that's not the message. I pray you let that sink in today. Tomorrow we'll go ahead and talk a little bit more about John the Baptist. But focus on the idea of his witness and how God used him to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ and prepare the way. God be with you. See you in the morning.